0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. I am Cora The Joy reporting live in the D.O. lot in between Harrison's Burn Motorhome and my motorhome, the D.O. lot at Darlington Raceway, going by my two friends ryan flores changing front tires on ryan blaney's car tonight and danielle Trotta gonna help us break down some southern 500 how y'all doing
2: feel feeling like a kid on christmas morning
1: dude there's only three or four events where you wake up in the morning like giddy to go i mean not that's not to say i'm not excited about every week right because every week is a new opportunity to go do what you love but there are ones that you just wake up like santa's got you a gift at the bottom of the christmas tree and southern 500 is that day
2: yeah for as far as like pit crew stuff goes man this is the one this is the one you circle this is uh this is our biggest race of the year i'd say so i'm ready to get down there this afternoon
1: so we're sitting here recording this at 9 a.m and you're sitting on your couch wearing a wu-tang t-shirt just chilling like you don't have nowhere to be but you're going to be hitting lugs here in, you know, seven hours. What's your day look like?
2: I've been up and after it, dude. I got kids and did the ice bath this morning, Cook some breakfast, get ready. Uh, yeah, we'll head down there at 11, 1130. I think access to haulers is at two o'clock. So we're pitted back there on the back island and pits all 37. And we're starting in the top five. So it's going to be a fight all night.
1: Danielle, you had some uh, observations of of qualifying And and you saw the 12 cars rolling off in the top five. But interesting how the day shook out yesterday.
0: Yeah, I was really shocked, actually, because uh, Byron won this race, obviously, earlier in the year at Darlington um, in overtime. And I think you could argue like Ross Chastain kind of took out he and Larson's chances. But that's two more Chevys that were up there. Chase finished in the top five. So I'm going, all right, this is going to be a big opening playoff weekend for Chevrolet. And it still could be. But... Based on qualifying, it's all about the Toyotas and the Fords, and some of the playoff drivers, and the Chevys in particular, just qualified kind of deep, so I was a little taken aback by that.
1: I, I think this fact is accurate, but I'm going to say it with enough conviction to make it true. I think it's the first time since 2013 that a Chevy hasn't qualified in the top 10 of Darlington, so that's a uh, that's a big, big deal, and, and I think that is almost indicative of this next-gen car where and OEM particularly, like a key a key partner such as Chevy has, everybody has access, not everybody, the key partner teams, RCR, Trackhouse, and HMS have access to what everybody else is running and what they all think is the best, right? So they can go back, and to your point, Chevys were up front late in that race, William Byron won, so they could all kind of migrate to what that setup was, and Maybe miss the variable, maybe the track conditions are a little bit different, maybe the, the you know the tire is a little bit different, the molding, who knows? But you get here and your all of your cars collectively are a tenth and a half, two tenths off compared to the, the Fords and the Toyota's that hit it. So back in the day, I think you would see if a Hendrick is on a swing at a mile and a half, they're gonna be good anywhere. But now it's so fickle and you're one or two adjustments off to be in a 15th place car or even deeper than that. I mean, William Byron who won the race, the first race, qualified behind me in 23rd, right? So like, that's how tight the field is. Cause we went off on a little bit of a limb of what our setup is that I'm kind of excited about to see how it races, but man, it doesn't take much to be a little bit off on this next gen car. So that's why we see, I think some of the Toyotas collectively are up front, Fords are collectively up front and then Chevys are kind of mired back a little bit deeper, But you know, who knows how those things race at night. And that's one thing too, where, you know, the pit crew, they're throwing wrenches at the thing all night because you transition from day to dust to night and the track goes through a, a huge swing. It probably goes through a 20 degree surface temperature swing. And that is a big, big swing in terms of balance. So you're always chasing your car, trying to stay ahead of it, try to make sure you know which direction, the way the way it goes to, to make sure you don't get behind it. But you know how do you guys Ryan how do you guys plan for adjustments and just try to keep your your pit road your pit stops at speed low
2: yeah that's on you know that's on Hassler and whatever your car does as the sun goes down and you just you know try to try to get that stuff out of the way track transition so you know by the end of the race when it's fully dark outside your last stop is just one you don't have to do a adjustment because we saw yesterday in the Xfinity race and this is going to be huge today the 21 car uh, got the lead late on pit road because they're in that first pit stall and one of the biggest stories going into this weekend is that 20 car watching qualifying yesterday before he moved too far past that was awesome and the place where he made a lot of speed was actually coming to the green he was like I don't know Half a tenth better than everybody in the one, and it was it was so fun to watch. But he has the best pit crew in the sport throughout the year so far, the fastest team, and they're going to be in pit stall one, which we saw being a huge advantage yesterday. It's going to be a huge advantage again today, so uh, they're going to be tough to beat.
0: What do you guys think happened with Martin Truex? I thought that was another surprise from qualifying. Thirty first, I think he lines up tonight, and he's. A-
2: it looked like he just missed it in in the turn one. And that was fun to watch yesterday. Daniel. Yeah. It was like you would see kind of like the tracker would go like if guys drove yeah. in too deep, it would go real green and then real red. And then if they like back the corner up, it would tick towards the red a little bit, make it a big run off the corner. And some guys could put together one and two. And some guys were getting a three and four. Uh, I think Tyler Reddick was a great example of it. He was kind of on a pole run and he rushed back to the gas and just missed it by like half a 10th and the 20 car just nailed it. So yeah, it was, man, qualifying is not like super fun to watch everywhere, but yesterday was really interesting. And you could see just with the 19, right? It's not just about how good your car is. You could make a mistake and bust your ass and qualify, you know, in the mid
1: 20s. I, I've always made a joke about our, the tracks that we go to as to why we call them four corners, right? Because if you look at it, there's just two corners. Darlington is a place where there's probably really five corners if you really wanted to count like distinct places you have to nail. But this place is distinctly turn one, and how you get through turn one translates to two, and then and obviously three and four. It's, your entry into three completely matters to how you get off turn four. But also in the, middle of the fireworks. What's going on out here? I don't. know. Who knows? They're getting fired up here. The infield's been going crazy. <laughs> I don't think they even slept last night here in Darlington Raceway. But, it, but, uh, and that's also too. A guy like, a guy like Martin Truex, he could miss a corner, two years ago, and still qualify twelfth. You know, those cars were so superior, head and shoulders above the cars that were 18th and back. He could afford to have a little bit of a wiggle and then just recover and a bad a bad effort for him is to still in the top 15 now if you bobble and you don't nail it you're going to be 30th at bottom like below 30th you cannot make a mistake with these cars because everybody's so freaking tight which i which i love i love the challenge of that because you have to be perfect as a driver you have to visualize it you have to nail it so and then also going into you know what ryan said about pit box selection so important and really, truly, the, the 21 car yesterday, Austin Hill, was a, probably a fifth or sixth place car. And every time he would gain two or three spots, put himself on the front row and give himself a chance to win and about won the race. So that's certainly crucial here for all night.
2: To that point, you know, the 19 car out of all the playoff cars, when I look at the pit road map, is by far in the worst spot. They're in stall 28 with a 34 in front of them who qualified in the top 10. He's another playoff car. And then the 48 behind them. So even though these pit stalls are big, uh, it's it's going to be it's going to be tough and a tight box to play. And we're down in 37, and you tonight are in six, right in front of Kyle Busch, uh, who is in seven. So hopefully you're not too much wow. of a pain in the d- for him tonight.
1: I always well, plan on
2: that's what he called Corey. <laughs>
0: well, here's we the thing. History. I know that I know that Truex didn't qualify well, and you're saying his pit box selection is not great. I'm not really worried about Truex because as the regular season champ, he has a crap load of points and he's going to be fine. And that team always kind of finds a way. But tonight starts it all. Like Corey just talked about having to be perfect on how you play the track. It's how you play these final 10 races. And remember what happened a year ago. Kevin Harvick suddenly is on fire. Kyle Busch suddenly finds an engine explode. Tyler Reddick, I mean, you had three big names bounced in the first round. So I don't know with how tight the points are this year if anyone's safe. But we're talking about a grueling 500-mile race, and there's not a lot of wiggle room for guys not like Truex, but guys on the back half of this playoff
1: grid. Well, and you see guys like Bubba and, and you know, McDowell obviously brought some speed this weekend. Those guys aren't playing around. They're not here. They're not happy just to be here and, and be out in the first round after after Bristol, right? Those guys are bringing everything they've got to try to make it to that round 12 because you know, the amount of money that it gets exponential as, as you continue to make your way through the playoffs. So, like like Daniel said, you have to be, you may, maybe as many playoff points as, as Truex has, he can afford a, a mulligan of a race this round, but but that's it. But even then, what I think, it, what he's up against starting that deep is, granted, it's a long race, and he, he is one of the best here at Darlington. Getting to 10th probably won't be a challenge, by the end of the second stage, right? But breaking that bubble of trying to get to the first two or three rows to be able to put yourself in a chance to win, that's where it's hard when you don't have an ideal pit stall, when you don't have an ideal lane choice because you're kind of, you have to go to the short row just to keep your gap your, yeah, to the front the same. So going from 10th to third is going to be infinitely harder than going from 31st to 10th. And, and for those guys, if you want to put yourself in position to to be a championship four lock, like we expect those guys to be, they have to be positioned to win almost every week. Now, I expect that because nineteen car halls ass here. I mean, just.
0: I don't know if you meant um, just in qualifying, Corey, but I think I heard NBC say over the radio, or or somebody tweeted it. Did you say that you felt like the five was in a league of their own?
1: No. Now. The Kyle Larson yeah. line around here is unbelievable. Like, it, like he play, he drives this place. Like, like, Denny and Kyle have a feel for this place that is exceptional. And, and we can, I think everybody would unanimously agree that if the race comes down to sliding around, looking for every ounce of grip on the racetrack, putting the car on its edge, Kyle Larson's that guy, right? And the way these cars drive, after 15, 20 laps of Darlington is what I would imagine a dry slick tr- short track in on a, a sprint car would be. I mean, you are sliding around. You're looking for the the in our case the light asphalt that doesn't have rubber buildup on it, like you would be looking for darker dirt to get some traction that's not rubbered up yet. But if it if it has long green runs yeah. like Darlington generally does, and Kyle Larson can get ripping the fence and just are looking for grip. He is, you know, this much better than everybody else because he does it multiple days a week, and that this much in the Cup Series now shows up a little bit more than, than it than it had. But then you see Denny, right? Denny gets the, the win yesterday in the Xfinity race. He's got some confidence, and he's one of the best here. So you can see, depending on how the race plays out, you know, I, I don't count Kyle Larson out. If he's driving a wheelbarrow around here, that the fact that he hasn't won a cup race at Darlington 2 is super surprising. And maybe tonight's his night.
0: Ryan, four every time?
2: Four every time. Yeah, but if you run five laps, you're putting four on it. So it'll be uh, if you run this race just straight up with just stage cautions, you'll do eight or nine pit stops. So throw a couple cautions in there. There's there's a good chance you do. Ten to twelve
1: tonight. Thirteen sets, right? How many sets are laying?
2: I don't know how many sets they have laying. Probably twelve or thirteen.
0: I think Larry Max. Plus 13, your qualifiers, but that might include, yeah.
2: Well, what the interesting thing too with this next gen car is you don't re-glue lug nuts. So if you take a set off that have five laps on them, you just put them in the back, and you might put them back on later. Uh, so yeah, you'll keep you know where you used to have to re-glue and let them sit so lug nuts wouldn't fall off and that would go into your decision making now you just rifle them right back on and uh best of luck to the driver but this race you know as like you pointed out once you get to the top 10 it's one thing but the 43 won this race last year because it becomes a little bit of a process of elimination who makes a mistake whose car blows up it's like The guys in the top five throughout the race, one hits the fence and bends a toe link. Okay, he's out. One has a bad pit stop. Okay, he's out. One's motor blows up. Okay, he's out. And it's like whoever's there at the end of the race because the 18 dominated this race last year. They had the fastest car and the fastest pit crew like the 20 cars can have tonight. So it makes me excited for the 20, but it also makes me nervous for them because when it's kind of teed up for you like on a silver platter it rarely ever goes your way
1: that lady in black just want to take it from you buddy I'm, she is lurking i'm
0: telling you though playoff media day we talked to everyone christopher bell and denny hamlin had the most confidence out of all 16 for the simple fact that they denny said <clears throat> the question i'm going to keep getting this year is why will i win a championship this year and i could never before and he said i didn't have the car we didn't have the speed and he goes back to 2021. He's like, I remember, like people were telling my mom within the organization, like, there's no way I can win tonight at Phoenix because we don't have the speed. He said, and Christopher Bell backed this up. He said, I have never been at Gibbs and had faster cars than we do right now.
2: Denny Hamlin blamed not winning championships on his car. What did Night? What did Martin Truex and Kyle Busch drive? <laughs> That's a tough. That's a tough one for me.
0: Hey, I don't make the quotes. I just record no, them no, for sorry. us.
2: Corey's like, I'm not. I'm not saying no, anything. No, <laughs> I'm not saying anything.
1: But say, it sounds nice. Yeah, it sounds nice. I mean, I, I don't know. There's there's for a tonight. short list. There's a short list of the fastest cars, each and every week consistently for the last five years, and Gibbs is on that list. But you know, let's see teach their own who's
2: who's your pick for tonight
1: uh for one I'll, I'll i'll give my expectations for the day i feel like we can well we were we were 20th on 28 lap average we were 20th on 15 lap average and we qualify twenty second. so that's about the speed of our car so we need to execute to almost maintain there maybe grab a couple by attrition and i think that we should find ourselves 15th to 18th maybe that maybe the racetrack comes to us at night we, we build a little bit too free, I think, for to be able to, to make consistent long run speed. But if the track comes our way, we, we should be pretty good. Uh, I think a win for us would be a top 10 night, which I think is possible, which would be a huge deal. Um, try and go for two top 10s in a row. But I think that, I don't think it's a Chevy. I'll be surprised if it's a Chevy. I think Tyler Reddick.
0: Wow. Mm. I, think Tyler I like Reddick. it. What do you think? Uh, I think he has the best paint scheme of anybody I've seen, or at least top three. That thing looks amazing. Um, I was going into the weekend thinking Chevy. I know Trix led the most laps last time we were here, uh, but he qualified deep, so I'll X those two out, and I'll go for the man to pull off the sweep. He has confidence. He's on the outside pull. I'll go Denny.
2: Ooh. See, I'm always going to pick the 12 because I'm on the car, but I'll just go with somebody else for the sake of the show. I, Danny was who was coming to mind for me because his team is just solid. They can execute the day. If I'm not going to go with us, I'll go with another Ford who seems to be there at the end of the year and starts the peak this time of year. He just wants to survive the first round, but I think Logano could be somebody that could grind this one out. We'll see. I guess
1: you're, you're we're all going to find out at the same time, as you guys are too. Seven o'clock, I believe, on USA tonight, ladies and gentlemen, the opening round of the playoff for the Southern. 500. Danielle, when you think of a 500, what's just the first thing that pops in your mind?
0: I mean, the fact that it's a crown jewel is so special, just like the history. Um, I was looking at some old stats, like the first race they ran, there was like 82 cars that entered. I mean, like back in the 1950s, like there's just so much history to it, which I think makes it so special. And what was the stat we heard the other night? Like the first race, they were going 100 mile per hour slower or something than you guys are in qualifying. So it's just the evolution there, the hist- yeah. the history uh, yeah. there, uh, the fact that we're still doing unbelievable things there, the place that it has in the history of our sports. It's just really special. What
1: about you?
2: I think about uh, the 43 guys, the 21 guys, Kelly Arbor and all them like riding on the car to victory lane. When I think of the Southern 500, that's the first thing that pops to mind. And yeah. uh, if we win it, I would try to do that, but probably not <laughs> yes, be able to. Yes,
1: do it! Oh, the NASCAR, the NASCAR officials would be physically <laughs> pulling you off the car as you try to do it. I would love to see it. Try I, it. I would love just to see it. it. Um, I mean, this this place for me is just almost equally as special as Daytona. I, I tell everybody, if, if you know, if there's a list of three races you have to go to, it's hundred 500, the Bristol Knight race, and the Southern 500. That's just what it is, because it's like if you hit pause in 1972 at Darlington and just fast forward and pl- plug it right back in at, not in 2023, but in a tasteful way. And, and you know, the infrastructure still one of the nicest ones we go to. The racetrack is, is so unique and uh, but shout out to Kerry Tharp. This is his last race track president here at Darlington Raceway, one of my all time favorite. Love people. you, Parallel. And is 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 one of those guys that has pushed the sport further. And he wasn't behind the wheel, right? He was one of those guys that was able to make an impact in the sport and not be a race car driver. So wish you well in your retirement, Kerry Tharp. Been a, a good friend and a great leader for our sport. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, tune in tonight, USA, for the Southern 500. Opening round right of the playoffs. Who it's going to be? This is Stag and Pennies presented by Mobile One. Spare change, guys. Have a good day.